Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Truths We Hide podcast. Today I have Colin Dingelstad on the line and I'm so excited for him to be on here. He's actually on his way back to the Netherlands, so we're crossing fingers for a safe flight and for a confirmed flight today. So hi Colin, how's it going? <laughs> I'm stoked to be here. Yeah, fingers crossed. Changed my flight three times already. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us what you do. So at the moment, I'm helping uh, coaches, consultants, uh, trainers, service providers, everybody who's offering some sort of a high ticket service, get a bunch of clients through organic marketing. So marketing without paying for it. And that's the biggest thing that I'm doing right now, which is super exciting because especially now in this whole Corona transition, more and more people are realizing, hey, wait, my job isn't that secure. Everybody in the airport, they, they can testify to this. Um, their job is gone. So you maybe want to switch to a different area or well, something like that. So it's a really interesting time to do the work that I do. And yeah, it's super, super exciting to see people. Like I've had people that quit their job or that got fired or everything with the corona. And then they, they start their business in like a few weeks and then they make more than they made with their job anyway. And they're like, why didn't I do this earlier? So it's a, it's a really interesting time to do the, the job that I do. That's a, I, I love that. And so how did, you, how did you get to where you are now? I saw a little bit about your story growing up and you see... Yeah, go ahead and tell us before I spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that I have to take you back to when I was like 14 years old. I am, um, maybe even a little bit before that, I wanted to meet women or date women. <laughs> women like I just wanted to have a girlfriend. And that got me into the internet was coming up and I got access to YouTube and to books and I got immersed in that industry and the girlfriend part was handled pretty quickly. And then I fell in love with this whole personal development, reading books of psychology, uh, reading business books, like that whole area. I, I just did that for me and I never really paid attention to it because it wasn't even in the realm of possibility for me to even start my own business or to do anything like that because, well, you, you just raised to... to follow education and get a job and that's what you do until you retire so that wasn't even i couldn't even comprehend starting something for myself back then and, and there was also not that many information out there there weren't influencers and all that kind of stuff that's out there right now right so move forward uh, five six years later and i finished my education i worked for a small company and i was like this is definitely not for me <laughs> <laughs> so i uh I tried, I tried a bunch of different business strategies because I read so much. And if you apply it on yourself, that, that's amazing. Like you, you feel so amazing. But then when you move into the area of entrepreneurship, as you can probably testify to, you are suddenly confronted with a lot of things that you thought were right, but they weren't. So you constantly have to face yourself and look for things that actually work. Right. <laughs> yeah, just, just you're completely results driven, which is something that I wasn't. I was just doing it for myself consuming a lot of information, trying a few things, but never really in that area of like, I need to make this work. So I failed for like six to nine months of trying everything under the sun from selling other people's products to uh, trying to sell uh, t-shirts to, <laughs> to uh, selling courses. I did 
I tried to start a small real estate, Amazon FBA. Like I tried all the, the little niches that people are telling me to do, like blogging and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And eventually I was like, wait a second. I, I got all this information in my mind about how I can be the best version of myself, how I can limit stress. I did a bunch of courses just about those topics, about really limiting trauma or like removing trauma, all that kind of stuff. So it's like, why can't I not just simply coach? So that's what I did. I did one Facebook post about four years ago, maybe a little bit less around that time frame. And I was like, who wants a free session with stress? And 10 people responded. And I got my first client on the second day on the second call that I had with a person. And that completely changed my life because I charged a hundred bucks per hour, which was insane to me. Like that was maybe the best day of my life. <laughs> but think about it. Like that was like insane. I had a few victories before that, like I made a few hundred bucks here and there, but it was never really anything consistent. So that kind of changed my life. Then it turned out that the client was pretty, um, had some traumatic events that happened. Like she was abducted from a very young age and like systematically like abused and raped and all these kinds of things. And her family had given up on her therapist had given up on her. Uh, but on the surface, you wouldn't see that, especially in the beginning. I, I had no clue that that was going to come out. Uh, I was really fortunate that I had been trained by Tom Stone and Tim Neal on how to like resolve trauma and that kind of stuff. And I should not have gone into this, but my mindset was like, look, everybody has given up on her. I might as well try it. Like, I don't want to be another person who gives up on her. So fast forward three to four weeks later, she decided... I feel pretty good right now. Like the, the trauma was kind of resolved and she started to get some confidence and she was like, I want to do a 10 day silent meditation retreat because she always wanted to do that for the last, I think 15 to 20 years. She was thinking about it, but she just didn't have the courage to do it. Yeah. And she was from a wealthy family. So she, she had money to do it. It was just all in her mind. Mm -hmm. So she did that. And then after she decided to travel the world and help other people and like help other people overcome what she had and like completely transformed her life and i spoke with her a few times and she seemed to be thriving like she seems seems to be at a really really amazing place so that got me into that whole coaching about self-development removing trauma that whole industry and i stayed in that for a little while until after like four or five months i started to weigh down on me because i had because I'm a pretty obsessive person. Like I want to get results for my clients. Mm -hmm. And with these people who sometimes have like, you just need to be on top of it because you don't want them to do something that they would regret or like kill themselves or like mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, so it eventually weighed down a little bit on me. So I was like, okay, what can I do that would be similar, but that would not mess like where I also like absorb like the more dark and negative energy that they have, even though they are getting great results afterwards, but still you need to go through a trajectory that like pushes you down. Mm -hmm. Even just a little bit. Like if you're constantly around those people, you, you kind of feel it. So I went to take to, to CEOs and executives in the technology industry. And that was really eye, eye opening because those people had more money. They had the exact same issues, but they were able to execute way faster. And they valued time more and they, yeah, they showed up on time. They could pay more. So it was like, okay, this, and they were more optimistic, even though they had the same problems, they just internalized them and they, they, they worked with them in a different light. So that went really well. And then I was like, okay, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> so I went to coaches and consultants, 
uh, the whole entrepreneurial area. And I was like, okay, I, I like these people. And along the way, I did a bunch of courses. Like, and I put an insane amount of money down on courses about how to talk to people, how to do lead generation, how to get people on the call, how to uh, basically like everything under the sun. Like I tried it. And I was like, I can probably help these people even better with just helping them start their business. So that's what I did. And I was like, hey, I can probably also add some advice here because I can clearly see if you just make this tweak and you add this system in there, you will probably double your income in the next month. And that went really well. And I'm not telling that everything went really well, but imagine, don't forget I failed the first six to nine months and then I failed a little longer until I figured something out. Like, And that was 12 hours a day just obsessing about something. So don't forget that part of the story. <laughs> don't think it's all good. <laughs> like, right. I, I also kept failing throughout the, the whole process. I, I want to put it in there because that's the way it went. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually I just transitioned about a year ago to just fully helping people who want to start their own business. Uh, as a coach, as a consultant, who feel like I can add something to the world as, as with some skill that I have that I want to sell for a higher price because I want to get paid what I'm worth and work with people one-on-one. And I just help them get more clients, get the systems in the business and really go from having very little to really scaling to a level where they have too many clients. And that went really well. And then I created a bunch of health and physical goals. And I got like a really amazing like people around me that are mentors and coaches uh for example in the health area i got like one of the people that i look up to most is dr fred bishi like f-r-e-d uh, bishi b-i-s-c-i he's a 90 year old doctor who is still able to run a marathon and only sleeps three to four hours a night oh gosh and he has worked with like forty thousand people or some crazy amount like that and i was like that's the guy I want to learn from. So that's the guy who's teaching me health. Like, so I got like a pretty cool circle around me from the people that I really look up to. And that's kind of my life, like traveling for multiple months to different places to learn from different people. I was here, I came to um, Miami on the last flight and the last day just to train, well, actually not train, I've never done this before, like learn mixed martial arts from like world champions and world champion trainers in Coconut Creek and the American top team, just because I wanted to. And well, with the whole corona pandemic, <laughs> the, the gym was closed. So this, the second day that, that I was there, I was like, okay, let's go. Let's just trading. And then the gym was closed on that specific day. So I've been a little stuck here, but talking to some amazing people like you and really doubling down on my clients. Um, and looking forward to getting back <laughs> home <laughs> in uh, two days on Wednesday, hopefully. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, it sounds like... I appreciate the fact that you did state you, in order to get to your successes, you've had to have some failures and that's, we can't expect to everything to go right for some people it can, but for others, we just, and I think it has to do with our mindset. So how were you able to keep positive throughout the whole thing? It sounds like you went, you said, okay, this didn't work. What's next? For some people, they just say, I'm, I'm done. I give up. So how did you keep that positivity? Right. So it's, it's pretty, it was pretty, not per se traumatizing, but it was an interesting experience for me because I went all in. When I finished, like, I did like the whole job little thing. I traveled to, I was like, I'm all in. And I wanted to travel somewhere because I was like, I want, at least want to have that experience because once I have children and everything, I'm not going to do that anymore. 
So I traveled to Nepal, but at that time I decided to, I need to start my business. So instead of like really traveling through like Asian stuff, I was just sitting in Nepal working the entire time for like two months. I did some cool things in between. I did bungee jumping, I did some kayaking for the majority of my days, pretty much seven days a week, I was just trying to make this work. And after two, just to give you a little perspective, after two months of pushing and trying to set something up, I had a little uh, store where I sold t-shirts for people who rode horses um, with like little prints on them, like, I don't know, some funny prints like that. And I ran ads and I sold one, one sweater for 40 bucks. And then I was like, okay, that was also one of the best days in my life because, like, okay, it's real. I want to quit. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> so, I was like, I, I can probably make this work, but then I have to be immersed with all those people in that industry. And then I have to go back to the Netherlands and we'll always be stuck on one location and different things came up and it wasn't my true passion. So I moved on failing, 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 failing. Um, so how do you stay motivated? I kind of burned the bridges. Once you go past a point and when I, when I was doing it, you didn't have Instagram influences. Instagram didn't even exist. Oh, maybe it did, but nobody was using it. Nobody was like, oh, you can actually do it. Everybody was like, if this is so stupid, get back to school. <laughs> do, a different uni- do a different university or whatever you have to do just to get something. So I kind of became from, I got from being really popular, or really popular, like having a bunch of friends in like a small town to uh, being part of like the first soccer team, like to having failures from social circle to drinking every week partying with friends to literally going the complete opposite traveling to a different country go all on this i had to face myself so many times and then when i came back it was like there's no way back i, d- I don't want to go back because every time if you go back it's um it wasn't going to work so i pretty much burned all the bridges and then i and then i figured out a way where i could live in other people's places for free which was I was going to, I'm not sure if this is the right word, but babysit on pets. So I was going to take care of your dog while you travel to a different country. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then it really turned out that that went fairly well. So I was traveling throughout the Netherlands. And that was really an eye-opening experience because I could live for free while I still had to pay for food. But people were really nice and everything. I was like walking with dogs and everything. And... Um, there was some interesting experiences because not everybody raises their dogs um, properly. So I was just going from, from one to two weeks traveling all the time because you cannot stay for multiple months at, if, at people's places because they usually don't uh, spend that much time there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I learned so much about different homes, what I like, what I don't like. And I was working all the time. So I, I just burned the bridges. Like it was not really a way back for me. Like the way back would pretty much admitting that I was not going to make this work. And I, I told myself, I at least need to make this work and then I can go back. Yeah. So there wasn't any thought about you need to quit, even though they came up sometimes. But if you kind of burn all the bridges, it, uh, it happens sometimes. Yeah. But, but I also had some crazy experiences for <laughs> making sure that I took care of some. I, I had one time I had a police dog that I needed to take care of, but the dog wasn't trained well. It was still in the stage where it was being trained. So it was jumping on me and that was my first ever house I went to and I had never I had no experience with dogs nothing (laughs) this was a dog that literally was trained to kill you oh my god Um, 
so on the so I, I arrived i met those people in the evening and those people were going to go at the middle of the <laughs> middle of the night they were going to leave and the dog got so upset that those people left that they couldn't leave him downstairs because he was shredding up all the papers and he was like scratchy against the doors and stuff like that and i kept hearing those sounds of the dog going crazy oh my god and then they were one step further and they were like uh, they opened the door and they let the dog in and they were like colin make sure that you take care of the dog because we're gonna leave it in your room because otherwise he'll mess everything up no worries he will calm down pretty soon so i so i'm laying there in a dark room on the <laughs> on the bed and i have this dog first scratching against the windows on glass windows which makes a really oh, yeah. and then when he realized they were gone the, the dog was going to divert its attention to me so it jumped on the bed and he was barking in my face and I was like this dog can actually kill me with one bite in my neck <laughs> I, I decided I can I definitely cannot sleep like this so I, I was like three seconds they were like just ignore him he will he will he doesn't do anything I'm like right that's why you guys take him from downstairs to my room to lock him up in my room that's why he's scratching you can hear the noise you can hear him so i turned on the light i suddenly had to like realize like i got like to in a dog whisper and like, like the whole show like you need to be assertive like you need to not show any fear so that's also what they told me like in, <laughs> so i need to uh, i took the dog for a walk at like four in the morning and then slowly we like became kind of like friends but i still couldn't leave him alone i had to be constantly watching him so the work wasn't that <laughs> well oh my like, like kinds of experiences where you think like you actually might die because a dog can literally kill you at one second because he's trained for it <laughs> <laughs> what an experience yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no more of that no more of that. I'm, I'm in a position where I can pay for my own place, even though the neighbors make uh, noise, which is unfortunate right now. But we're in a good place right now. And uh, yeah, I'm really happy and grateful for them right now. But it was some humble, uh, humble beginnings. Wow. There was a point where you mentioned getting paid what you're worth. I know for some of us entrepreneurs, it's so hard to charge people what we think we're worth. How did you? how did you get to that place where you were comfortable saying, okay, I'm going to charge a hundred an hour or, you know, whatever you're charging now, how did you get to that place without feeling bad? Right. So, so the transition was pretty much like, I don't want to sell anything that I own. The transition was like, I sell something through some other company because then, because I still had some sort of belief in me that I wasn't worth selling anything. So from that transition, I did a course that cost about, 3,000 euros, so 3,300 dollars or something like that. And I did a few of those courses and they kept telling you ratio prices to do this, do that. So the community aspect was great, but one the, the first course that I did changed change my perspective of no, you need to sell something yourself. Why do you want to sell something for somebody else? You Even you know that most programs, courses, whatever it is, aren't that good. There's a reason why almost everybody doesn't make money. There's just a small percentage of people that have something going on. And you are going to sell those bad courses because the people, the truth is, the people that have something going on, they're working. Not everybody's shouting the loudest. Like if you look at, the, there are probably more than a thousand billionaires. Last time I checked, maybe less than with the coronavirus. But how many of those do you know? Maybe 50, like max. All those other people are working all the time. And even those 50 people are working all the time. Like the best people are working. So it's, 
it will be difficult to find these people. And the people that shine the loudest, they are putting most of their time into growing their own business, which means less time for them to have input of information so that they can upgrade their products. Um, so it's difficult to make the whole affiliate marketing work because it's difficult to find a good company. Mm. And that's what I realized. And I was like, okay, I need to do something myself. And then I transitioned to selling courses for like $37 for like an entire course. <laughs> and, yeah. and then I just kept getting involved in like the whole community aspect of the people I had bought for a few programs and courses. And I was like, this, I'm almost done it. Like money's running, like money's running out. I don't want to go further than this. And, but I had enough of the community aspect where everybody was like, no, you need to up your prices. How are you, are you really going to charge them 50 bucks per hour? And then you're going to, and in my mind, 50 bucks per hour was already insane because normally you, what would you make like 10 to 25? something like that so you would charge 50 bucks for something that you also love doing or at least like doing very much uh, so i i just got in the whole community aspect so from not even daring like not even think about selling something that i own to <laughs> selling something very small to being like yeah this this doesn't work the, the math doesn't add up if i would keep playing small like this mm-hmm. and i just need to value myself and everybody else is doing it and i can clearly see that my stuff better than most so why should i not sell this like sell uh, things at the same prices yeah no that's good i, I know it, it's hard for us sometimes but if you think about it that way then yeah raise your prices because you are worth especially with all the research you do and the all the lessons you've learned and just it takes so much time and effort that you should be able to do that in the end so for for those of us that want to start our own business and become an entrepreneur, what advice would you give? Patience, maybe? (laughs) Or I know with me, what I tell people is if you find something that sets your soul on fire, then go for it. If that's what's in your heart and that's what you truly love to do, then don't let anything hold you back. So what advice would you give to people? Right. So so the person that came to mind is perseverance. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest trait of everybody. I don't care who you are, but if you keep pushing forward and you actually do something every day, because a lot of people, they say, I've been trying this for 10 years, but if you look at the schedule, they really haven't tried anything. I can do everything that they did in 10 years and two months. But if you actually do something and you keep measuring, you can keep changing and tweaking, then even if you're the worst person in the world, and your IQ is very low, you're not that smart, you will still figure it out in three to four years, which is the same amount of time for a university degree, but now growth is as exponential. Well, it's not really exponential. It's more like S-curves, like you have an exponential growth, then you're just like stuck a little bit at that like new level, and then you go up again, and then you stuck a little bit. It's, it's kind of S-curves, but even just the first exponential growth curve will already push you to a level where you <laughs> are like a job. <laughs> That's not something I want to do. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, perseverance. So for everyone listening out there, that's what you, that's his, his biggest thing is, is to have that. And, and I think for me, patience, because you just, yeah, you're going you're gonna to fall, but you're going to get back up again, I believe. Right. And, and, then, and then you have the whole system behind it. So you need to be good at something that you do. Obviously, you don't want to be like every, or not everybody else. But a large, large majority of the people were like, I'm really good at this, but you can see through them like within seconds. <laughs> but you actually need to be good at something. Don't don't be like everybody else. Like I, I'd rather if you spend six months and 
make no money and make, make sure that you're good at what you do than to start with not knowing anything yeah. and trying to fake your way into this because you will always come from a, like a, not an unsolid foundation. Yeah. Like your foundation will always be shaking. And then for people who specifically want to do something like coaching or consulting, you need to niche down. Everybody keeps telling this, but you need to find one unique person that you're talking to. Because the way you would talk, for example, to a pregnant woman and an old male multi-million dollar CEO is completely different. Imagine writing copy, like copy, like you, you write a post or you write a message to both of those people. I guarantee that the tone is completely different. Yeah. It's completely different. And if you write exactly in the middle, both of them will be like, this is not for me. But if you just go for one person, that person will be like, that's actually something I want to work with. And maybe the other person is attracted to that too. But if you go in the middle, it doesn't work. And then learn everything about them. Where can you find them? What do they want? How much can you charge? What are the issues? Do they actually have issues that you can solve? Um, learn every, 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 everything about them. And then you have a solid foundation. And then you know exactly what you can offer them exactly what they want because they can literally tell you hey what would somebody like me offer you if i could help you at my mess just making up an example mm -hmm. and and they would be like oh actually i i would love to have somebody who can give me some accountability and who can do xyz and that would already be enough and then you would be like oh but i also have this trauma stuff in there if i could combine that then i already exceed the expectations and they just told me they would easily pay 5k for that i think i got something right in and then multiple people convert the same message, you're pretty much in for the money, but not even the money, just the impact that you're going to make on those people. Mm. And just the exchange of value, it's, it's, it's that you don't need to overcomplicate things. Mm -hmm. I, I can keep going this all day because this is what I do. But you, you, you also don't want to do everything at the same time. Don't go on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, TikTok, any uh, blog, anything email marketing, funnels, ads, everything at the same time. Start by doing one thing right. Because you don't need all of that. Because if you get to the essence of it, you need to find that one person that you build everything on. You need to verify that person, ideally with somebody else, like a coach or somebody in the industry who's been there, done that, who's like, yeah, that works. Mm -hmm. See if there's competition, see if the audience resonates and if you resonate. And if you've got that, then the only thing that you need is you need to talk to a qualified person in that audience area. And if you just listen to that person and you bridge the gap, but hey, I've got this. And it makes sense that person gives you money. It's not that difficult. You don't need to do everything at the same time. You just need to figure out where they are, learn everything about them, then if you want to go a few steps further, build your positioning. So the way you set up your profiles or your media presence or the way other people would perceive you in a proper way that would attract that person. Then you can go to content, like make sure that you're active, that you actually have something to share. Don't share everybody else's stuff. You got me on a rant, <laughs> rant right here. Learn how to talk to people and then you just need to get that person on a call, which can be as simple as like, hey, uh, I saw that you were in this trauma group. I focus on solving trauma do you want to go and call me so that i can look at your situation sure the game keeps evolving and there's way more in that process to this but it can be as simple as that it's the same as if a friend of you would be like oh that's um 
That's Elizabeth. She focuses on helping people with trauma. And she tells it to another friend. Then the other friend might go, oh, how can I meet Elizabeth? And then they go on a call. Elizabeth understands the situation. They bridge the gap. Like, it doesn't have to be so complicated. But you need to find where that audience is and what lead generation or client generation method works for you. And that's it. Get one qualified person on the call and you will be in a good situation without doing everything else at the same time. You can't be wrong there. <laughs> I'm sitting here listening because I, I was told the same thing the other day. When I first started, I wanted to do everything. And someone or more than one person was like, no, and that you need to focus on one thing at a time. But I was just so excited. But they were right. And just like you were saying, you need to focus on one thing, kick ass on that one thing and, and give it your all. Because if you're all over the place, then you're not giving your full attention. And it's just, you know, you're not, you're not, yeah, you're not paying attention to that one thing. And so I'm listening to you and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I've, I just, the other day I wanted to do something else. And someone told me, no, don't mm. do that right now. Focus <laughs> on your one thing. And I'm like, but I want, but he was right. He was right. So yeah, everything you're saying, it's, it's so true. And I think it makes you more authentic and you're more, you're able to be more, more present for your client or for your audience. So I, I, yeah, I, I appreciate that. And I know we could sit and talk for hours about, about it all. Cause it makes sense, especially on this journey. If, wanting to start a business or being an entrepreneur it, it it makes it makes a lot of sense so right. yeah and, and make sure that everything is done on your unique situation like right. you are not like everybody else and think about also everybody else is most of them doing things wrong so not focusing on everybody else yes. and the people that are doing things right oftentimes they are way ahead of the game they are way 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 more advanced than you they are playing the game at a whole different level you just need something that works in your unique situation. And yes. ideally, if you can have somebody that can hold your hand and cause correct you every single step of that whole process. If I could go back and I could teach myself, I, I would be in a few months. Because <laughs> that's what I do with my clients right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it really is, for some people, it doesn't have to take more than four weeks to set something up that actually gets them like five to 10 clients a month, which equals oftentimes five to like even $20,000 a month. Yeah. For some people, it takes a little bit longer, eight weeks, 12 weeks, but it really doesn't have to take longer than like four months. There are people that are selling the same thing that I do, for example, and they have that spread out over a year, over a two-year program. Well, they're, they're university that teach marketing. And then I got invited, for example, three months ago to speak in front of the University of Zurich, I believe. Wow. Uh, or not speak in front of them, but speak with uh, the people that, and the, the, the classmates, because they had to do an, an end project. Mm-hmm. And literally classmates paid me to be there. Like not the teachers, they paid me. And I spoke about things and I just made everything really, like I just made everything sound really simple. And they, I got a question like after and they were like, is it really that simple? I'm like, yeah, what do you think? <laughs> the best things in life are simple, obviously. <laughs> like, they're like, I, I feel like I can do this right now. Like I know I have this, this business idea, like, and I've, been doing this for 10 years and I was professional at the young level. Do you think I could do that? I'm like, yeah, of course you can do that. You, you don't need that degree. That was not something that I should have said. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you, it's pretty simple. Like as long as you don't overcomplicate things and you go to somebody who's been there, done that recently because the stuff I use, just sent one 
just that one message in the Facebook group will get you blocked right now. So you also need to know what works right now and make sure that you don't get blocked. That is true. We do tend to overthink it, overcomplicate it. And it's just, it makes things much more difficult. Did you ever fall into, have you heard the term imposter syndrome? Yeah, I am. I think that I was lucky that it took me too long. So I didn't fall into that too much. Okay. I did have heavy, heavy, I'm sure if you, adrenaline, like feeling like this surge of energy right before I had a call. I was super nervous before I got on the call. And I knew that they were nervous too. And I kind of missed that because now I go on a call, even on a podcast, I'm like, okay, just, just another thing. Like it doesn't even, doesn't even make my heart rate go up. Like I was like, I missed that thing. Because <laughs> it makes you feel alive. Or the first time somebody pays you. Like now it's like, okay, that's part of the business. But when I start off, it's like, <gasps> I really hope they pay. Like, and, and then they pay and then I was like jumping around and stuff. It. <laughs> It's, um, so, so I didn't have imposter syndrome per se because I got good results right away. That's why I think it's really important to get results really quickly. And you can go to two directions. Like if you have imposter syndrome because it's logical, because you really are not that good at it. Mm. Well, the obvious solution is become good at what you do before you try to be, in, you're actually an imposter if you are not good at what you do. Mm-hmm. And you said, like you are actually an imposter. It's not weird that you feel that way. For a lot of people, it's in their mind. It's in the mind, and that's and from my mindset back, what I do with my clients is we well, we dissect the whole past like which common themes have been coming back over and over again that have been holding their back. Has there been some abuse or trauma people tend to know, or people pushing them in little boxes, which happens throughout their entire life, or them being laughed at in class for speaking up, or small things like that that can really have a big impact in uh, their lives right now, and even. If they're an adult, it's still they still are the same person, mm-hmm. and they're still taking carrying that with them because nobody ever taught them how to resolve trauma properly. Right. Which is, it's well, if you want, we can go into that how to resolve it to a certain extent without going too deep into it. Sure, that's what you want. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So I um. Do you have a traumatic event? Just for me, just something that I, you don't have. It doesn't have to be anything that you've gone through, but c- could you name one so I can? Like, yeah, I was in a car accident, okay. and I didn't. I almost they, they don't they don't know how I survived it. That was my trauma. That's rough. <laughs> so, so what happened when you um, when you woke up? Um, well, I, I remember the whole thing and, um, it took me, I think I had to get back out on the road in order to, uh, convince myself that it was, it was in my mind. Like I could not just stop driving. I had to, I had to start driving again. So I had to, in my mind, tell myself that it's, you know, I'm not in that same place again. I'm, I'm in a different location because it happened in a totally different state. And I just had to reprogram myself to okay. try to get through it. So, so, so what probably happened is that time when you wanted to get back on the streets, your body, you felt some tense and well, you felt maybe, what, what, where did you feel in your body? Like, did you feel some energy or some blockage or some feeling or did you like feel your body lock off? Oh yeah, like my heart was pounding. Yeah, so your heart is often the case, your throat, your 
even your, between your eyebrows, your jaws, like there are all these, your belly. Um, that's oftentimes just stored up energy for most people. And that's trauma because we've never learned to deal with it because it is a sudden thing that happens. Yeah. And you are not, you, you have never learned to deal with that. Right. So what, how I would, what you probably also had to do, you had to run into the whole experience. Like you had to let go of the experience. And what I would do um, with my clients is we would go through a little visualization and meditation that you can take through crazy length. But in reality, what you're doing is you're going to take control of your mind. So you're going to go back to that event where you got hit. And you're going to use your imagination to take control of that. And go into that feeling, go into the pain, go into everything that happened. And then you're going to simply let go of everything. So you're actually going to forgive everybody in there. You're going to forgive the other person that literally hit you. You're going to forgive yourself for what happened because you should have been there. Somebody should have done something else. Mm-hmm. And everything plays out in your mind. And then the whole test, if it worked, is if you go back on the street or if you think back about the event, do you still feel it in your heart? And if it's still there, then you haven't dealt with it. But if it's gone, then you can be pretty certain that you've dealt with it. And then the experience becomes kind of neutral, which you've probably experienced right now. Now it's kind of neutral when you think back about it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people, they keep reliving that same experience because they've never let go of that event and there are a few more steps in between but in reality you just want to forgive everything and let go of everything and just see it the way it is versus you holding everything in because otherwise you will keep reliving the experience and then you will get nightmares about it and you will get uh, traumas about it like like the biggest thing why people have traumas is because they try to be tough they try to shove everything down yeah i've had people where i did this with um their whole throat became completely red or they could yeah so, so it's it's a very oftentimes it, it's in your body like it's a physical thing in your body and then once you've gone through it and it's super confronting because you have to go through your emotions you have to deal with them you have to go into them but the, the strange thing is once you go into them and you stop running away from them and you surrender suddenly they disappear mm-hmm. kind of collapse in on itself Mm-hmm. and then that feeling is going to go away and then you can either feel tired or you can feel like you have a lot of energy mm-hmm. but you will not have certain of those awful experiences throughout or you, you will not have nightmares anymore at least on that topic mm-hmm. and most people have so many things that they try to shut down where they've been bullied where they've been in my life bullying um, literally <laughs> being almost killed by the dog um <laughs> Uh, just just being an outcast basically for trying to make this work um, still being perceived as an outcast even though everything is slowly starting to change because they can see that I clearly money is a big thing mm-hmm. money is definitely not everything but money is one of the only things people count and the second that they started making more money than most people had people are like oh that's actually cool we always thought you could do it we always thought you could do it <laughs> Now, like, get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> how, and how do you deal with that? Because I know, what, for me, once I started sharing my story, I, I lost some people because they didn't, they didn't know how to deal with it. And it took me some time to, to come to terms with it and to say, well, you know, that sucks, but um, I just have to keep going, you know? So how do, how do you deal with that when there's people that 
doubted you all your life and now they come back and like, oh yeah, we knew you could. Well, it's just not you agree with them and then you do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Kind of basic advice and you you don't want to judge them in any way, shape or form because they they probably really believe right now that they always thought that you could do it. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. Mm-hmm. And you one of the biggest gifts coming out of this is that you realize who your real friends were. Yeah. And that you're gonna meet a lot of even better friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole concept the grass is always greener. I really believe that it's almost always greener somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's almost always a better friend somewhere else. You never have to be limited by your environment. Like it's there's yeah. there's so many people in the world that would be your perfect friend. Like if you talk about the whole concept of soulmates or of, of soulmates, like sure you can have your soulmate as a partner. But why does nobody talk about it? Why don't you become your own soulmate? Like you will deal with yourself throughout your entire life. Your friends can be also soulmates, soul friends. Why don't you create an entire army of soulmates and including yourself? And then you have like a real proper army versus just looking at that one girl from that select few that you have. And most people can fit the role of soulmate easier than you think. <laughs> Not replaced easier than you think, which is a scary thought, but most people don't keep evolving, which especially in business means that you can replace them relatively easily, which is super dark and sad to think about. But if you don't keep constantly improving, you will be replaced very easily. Unless you got lucky and somehow your parents were really good or you were in a good environment and you already had the fundamental beliefs of like just experiencing everything, coming from a place of joy, abundance, like you have this great energy behind you. But most people don't. And it's, it's, um, it's also sad to see. The, the, the bar is so low in our society that I don't even believe talent really exists that much because the bar is so low. I was talking with a neuroscientist about this. I really don't think that talent exists too much because the bar is so low. There's so many ways that we can be better. Sure, there will be a few things, like probably if you're like five feet two and you don't have arms, you cannot play in the NBA. But for most people, you can actually do everything you want because the bar is so low. There's like this little barrier where everybody gives up. Like it's kind of like a staircase. You constantly reach a new level until you have that level that you settle with. Like you're like, this, I'm going to settle with this. I'm really happy with this. It's already way beyond my wildest expectations. But there's a select few of those people that keep growing, they keep going forward. And then they'll reach heights they never thought were possible. And there's nothing bad with settling. But the whole talent thing, I don't buy it right now. Maybe in a perfect world, everybody would have the same education and we would have already figured everything out. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> but in this world, there's so much that most people don't know. Yeah. Including me. <laughs> oh my gosh. I um yeah, I just learned so much from you today. I, I I appreciate it. And I think we need to we need to continue to hear that and surround ourselves with people that are like minded and that want to push themselves and and all that so i i appreciate that you're here and you're helping us see see the the real life things that are out there where where can we find you to get more of 
your words of wisdom? Um, two things. I would, if you want to start your own business or you want to slowly start up your own business, you are like, hey, let me see if this might be something for me to start something. On my website, literally, the, it's just one link, like beyondsocialconditioning.com. I'd like to name my company and you add .com. We'll have a little uh, fun website with testimonials on there, but there's a free training on that too. And a free training kind of explains my process that I went to do very briefly, like find your audience, like how to do all that kind of stuff. And I would recommend checking it out. Like I'm, I'm at the moment, I'm full with clients, but check that training out and you will get a lot of value from it. I even add my email address in the training at the end of training so that people can still message me for free and I can give them some advice um, because I'm at a really good spot right now. I'm really grateful for being here. Who knows how long this will last? Maybe the internet will shut down, but right now I'm really happy to, to give back and <laughs> to do that kind of stuff. So just go to my website and then you can message me through my email. That's on the end of the presentation. And that's simply it. Wonderful. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing for everybody. And I wish you all the best. And I hope you get on your flights and get back home. <laughs> I hope so too. I'll uh, <laughs> call with KLM again today. Make that call on every single day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Colin. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the Truths We Hide podcast created by A Wild Ride Called Life. To find out more about our mission, visit www.awildridecalledlife.com.